Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Bean. So, we are almost halfway through October, which means that the majority of federations in the UK will be having their British finals. Some of them, such as IFBB, had theirs back in July. But, you know, this weekend, uh, you've got PCA. The week after that, you've got um, FITEX, I'm sure. The week after that, you've got UKUP. And then there's quite a few sort of in between, um, like the natural federations just had theirs, the WMBF, the UK, the FBA will be, um, I'm not sure, but it's, it's in the next couple of weeks and same with the BMBF. Um, so they all tie in roughly around the same time, which is kind of great for, for athletes if they are looking to do multiple federations, uh, British, which let's face it, the majority of competitors these days are. You know, I think if you go back to... Uh, the days in you know, 2017, 2016 even, you know, the UKBFF days where people were like, oh, if you do UKBFF, you can't do any other fed, you're not allowed to, bollocks to that man. Um, if any federation tells you that, um, and you're an amateur, uh, I personally think that you need to, to get them to fuck. If you're trying to be a pro, then stick with the one fed. You know what I mean? If you're trying to be an IFBB pro, and you, you actually become a pro, you cannot compete with any other federation um, where you'll get your pro card taken away from you and you're not allowed to promote them either, which I think is fair. That, you know, I mean, you're you're a professional athlete in that in that sense. So that's fair. But in amateurs, I do think that you, you know, take advantage, especially if you're if you're absolutely, you know, peeled out your nut and it's the best shape of your life you've ever been in. You might and you've qualified for diff- different British uh, competitions across different federations, then Hundred percent, go for it. Or you know, you might be someone that's um, you know competing in a different country, not not Britain, and you might have a couple of federations that you've qualified for their finals, um, the, the country's national finals. Then yeah, fuck it, go do it. Um, I actually don't have anyone in in the British finals this this season. We um, we wrapped up quite a few of them, quite a few athletes a couple of weeks ago and I've got I've got one more in a, in a couple of weeks which I'm very much looking forward to um, and then thereafter it's a little bit of downtime until March and uh, it's looking like a very very busy um, March, April, May which uh, which would be great just kind of like the, that seven weeks as I said in last week's podcast it's going to be very similar sort of seven weeks then um, the main difference for me is that we'll have uh, another baby boy um, in the family so it'll be a little bit harder to, to manage probably going to shows on a little bit less sleep but hey that's a-okay so on to the topic of today's podcast which is going to be about recovery and programming and this is something that I, I've really had to have a few conversations with current clients about and new ones based on what they were doing previously what I think they then need to do moving forward to ultimately progress their physique or progress in the sport and it's been mostly for them um, really pulling pulling their training training down but before I get into that I will will get into that later on in the podcast um, I'm just going to discuss sort of what would be a smart thing to do if you were trying to bring up specific areas and I think the best way to approach this would be look at a couple of splits from um, like a male's perspective and then maybe a couple of splits from like, a, let's say, a bikini girl perspective. Um, so 
with programming, it should always be based around your individual weaknesses, uh, the equipment that you have in your gym, your availability to go to the gym, like you're around your or let's, around your work. Because like, hey, let's face it, not everybody is an, an online coach, uh, and I totally get that. I have a few few clients who are uh, have full time jobs, and uh, how they manage to do their training, their car, and everything else in between. Uh, you know, I, I, a lot of respect for them um, being able to do that because they literally. Everything outside their work is revolving around bodybuilding. Whereas when you're an online coach, you you can kind of like, you know, all my preps I've ever done was based around when I wanted to eat, when I wanted to train, when I wanted to do cardio, etc., etc. But they don't have that choice. But um, anyway, as I was saying, so let's say you are a guy. Um, you could even be a female actually, a figure girl or whatever. Um, looking to bring up your legs. Now, let's have a think about your your split as a whole. And where are the heavy hitters? And by that I mean, where are the exercises that are the most energy costly, that demand the most amount from your body and that generate a large amount of fatigue? They would mostly be on your lower body days, wouldn't they? So it would potentially make sense if you were, number one, looking to, looking to bring them up, to go into them as fresh as you possibly could, wouldn't it, right? So this would probably mean having a day off before your leg days. So if you are training five uh, five times across the week, two of which are leg days, you might do like a, let's say you had a Sunday off and then you train legs on a Monday, you're going to be pretty fucked after legs on the Monday. So on the Tuesday, you maybe do a push in arms, Let's face it, that's not going to be too taxing. The day after, on the Wednesday, you might do a pool session, obviously no hip hinge, and then have another day off. After that day off, what are you going to train? More likely going to train lower body again, right? Now you could choose to do like a, let's say an upper day, or maybe it's another pushing arms day. It depends on you know what your what your needs are. Um, thereafter. And then it'd be a day off after pushing arms, and then you go back to the start. And that could be, you could run it in a little bit of a different way. So, for example, like my, when I trained five days last week, last week, <laughs> uh, last last year, it was, uh, I did pull on a Monday, and that was no hip hinge, just like um, isolation movements. So I wasn't generating too much fatigue. And then I went into a lower session on a Tuesday. So that was Monday, a lower session Tuesday, Wednesday pushing arms. Thursday off, Friday I did posterior, which was pretty much back and legs, and then the Saturday pushing arms and the Sunday off. What that allowed me to do was kind of focus on bringing up not only my chest, delts and arms, but also my back and hammies as well, because they were kind of getting hit twice across the weekend. I just hit quads once. Um, so that's a couple of different splits. And again, for me, the heavy hitters was, um, well, lower was, I was always going to be fucked the day after that. So pushing arms was kind of what I was going to do. Um, the day before, I wasn't wanting to generate too much fatigue, so I was putting in a pull session that was like you know, T bar row, uh, iso front pull down, iso low row, some bicep work, some rear deck work, etc. etc. Um, so I think that's a, a one example of being smart with your uh, your uh, your programming and uh, looking at your, I guess your recovery across the week because if I was to try and do a, a pull session with a hip hinge. 
and then go into a lower session the day after. Um, it just wouldn't necessarily work, but I feel like I can do a lower session and be pretty fucked and then go into a pushing arms session the day after and still be productive. Whereas sometimes you need to have that, that day off. And I will get to that after legs and I will get to that here in the second portion of the podcast. But let's think of uh, say a bikini girl split or you know, a photo shoot a bikini girl, the one that's wanting to do a photo shoot uh, or wants to want to step on stage. They're more likely going to try and bring up their gluten hamstrings. The thing about you females is you recover much quicker than us guys. Uh, you, are, you, know, you have a lot of estrogen in your body and your body will not allow, that estrogen will not allow you to break down as much as us guys will. So let's face it, you're probably still going to have a day off before you um, you hit legs, right? Now that might be you hit legs on a Monday, you've had the day off the Sunday, hit legs on a Monday, upper body Tuesday, Wednesday you do legs again, but it's maybe more like a quad focused day. And you've trained three days in a row, so it's, you're probably going to need a day off. I wouldn't really recommend anyone trains more than three days in a row before having a day off. You have a day off, the, uh, so that would be the day of Thursday, the Friday, Maybe you do like an upper two, right? And then the, the Saturday going in with load again and having a day off the day after because then right on the Monday again, you're back in lower. You can maybe even flip them around um, and do lower and delts first, then upper two the day after. Really depends. Um, or you could kind of go lower, upper, off, lower two, upper two, lower three, off. Realistically, you're always going to have to train probably three days in a row if you're doing like a five-day split. There will be um, some people out there that will program in like a rolling split that isn't across a seven-day period. It's maybe across an eight-day. And they're great. They are brilliant. But what I would say is we live in the normal world and people like to have specific days off to then schedule in other things out with bodybuilding because, let's face it, it's amateur bodybuilding. We love it. It's what we do. But we want to have some time with our family, our friends, our partner, our loved ones, um, our kids, you know, doing doing the kids stuff, taking the soft play, taking the swimming, whatever that may be. So I think it's better to either have a specific like set days or just to try and convince someone to maybe train a bit less across the week. And I think this is something that you're gonna to have to have to potentially um, consider if you're really, really strong. And um, this is kind of something I've done with two of the bigger guys that I work with. And you'll have seen them on my stories, um, Chris and Joe. And with both of them, I've uh, dropped them to, to four days training. And it's mainly because of the uh, how much load that they shift and how strong they are it generates just so much fatigue in the body. Not only muscular fatigue, but central nervous system fatigue and for those of you who don't know your central nervous system it's your brain spinal cords and the nerves that innervate the muscles and the brain sends electrical signals um through uh, the spinal cord and nerve, nerve impulses to muscles to tell it to contract now stronger you are you know your body does this but you generate a lot of a lot of fatigue doing this uh, you just feel tired you know i think that i was training with uh, i was training with chris uh, I, for those of you who don't know, I train legs with um, my client Chris Bain, good friend of mine actually, uh, on a Tuesday, and he got to you know he's pushing, he's been pushing so much this year, and he's fucking growing loads. But it was one session he just came in, and before the session he was just like, "I'm fucked all the time," and I was just like, "You need to do less, man." 
and he was hesitant. I'd, I'd said this earlier on <clears throat> in the months before. He was hesitant because he was just so keen to make improvements. And I said to him, I was like, look, the stronger you are, the less you have to do. And what I mean by that is his priority was bringing up his legs. So he was hitting two big leg sessions a week and progressing them. And, like, you know, a lot of energy put into them, a lot of progression. But he was fucked for his other sessions. And one of them, which was an, it was an, it was an extra push in arms day, that I felt that if we had took that away and put another rest day in, um, we would be more efficient in those lower body, even more efficient in those lower body days, and he would recover better, and he wouldn't feel as fucked all the time. And I felt like he didn't need to bring up uh, certain areas such as his upper body, and that's kind of the same with Joe. Like he's very muscular, doesn't need to bring up his upper body, he just needs to bring up his legs. So how I said to both of them, I said, look, we need to be smart about it, and with Chris, he has two lower body days, a pull day, and a push in arms. So he always has a day off before legs, um, and with one of them, a day off after legs as well. But if I use uh, specifically Joe as, a, as an example, I'm sure he won't mind me going through this. Uh, very strong dude, in which um, when he does deadlifts, it wipes him. So I kind of need to say, I said, look, you need a day off after, like, uh, after pull to recover from that but also his main focus is bringing up the lower body as well specifically the um, the rear shot so we thought right on a Monday put a pull session in hip hinge from the floor and uh, pull from the floor sorry and that'll give us a little bit more glute hamstring take the day off on a Tuesday next day off the day after that on a Wednesday hit lower body hit it fucking hard it's designed to wipe you out so he's going in there fresh because he's had the day off before He's not going to fatigued. The day after, on the Thursday, a bit of a pushing arms day. That's fine. He can manage that, no problem. Going in after a lower, even though it wipes him. Then, recovery day, the day after. Why? Because on the Saturday, boom, hits legs hard again. Now, you know that pool's on the Monday, so the Sunday needs to be day off, right? So that there is me being strategic and thinking, right, for lower two, which was the one that we were focused on bringing up the most, I think it was just more sort of like a gluten hamstring day, Day off around that. He's also got a little bit of quads in there. Um, but then also lower one, day off before it. Right, so that's one scenario where he's just a, a big dude training four times a week. But we're being strategic with where we place his days off based on how much fatigue he's generating from the the specific day that he's doing. Now, I'd, I'd say that's having a basic understanding of what what moves do like having having been someone that's lifted heavy before and understand like the fatigue you experience i can relate to how these guys feel when they're pulling you know 200 plus 220 40 kilos off the floor um on a stiff leg or rdl and like a two, 230 uh, a 230 rdl or whatever it is chris actually did way more than that um, but, I, but i understand it i get it so then it it comes from a, a standpoint of experience rather than just, oh, we'll just try this. It's like, look, I know how it feels. I've then trialed and done and now only trained four days and do it and you'll feel much better. Um, and the, the feedback I got from Chris is, um, yeah, he feels much, much better training four days. But not only that, you know, as the sessions on Tuesdays that we have to train together, just the weights are just silly that he's lifting now. And uh, 
it's been it's inspiring and it's motivating uh, but at the same time for me it's frustrating because my left knee's gubbed so I can't go as heavy and as hard um, whereas I, I know that if I did he'd probably be able to push more because we also, obviously we, we naturally have that that competitive nature within us which if you're training with someone you'll push each other you know you'll go for extra reps because someone else is going for them so I look forward to, to getting back when my knee gives me the okay uh, to getting back to, to pushing a bit hard and I'll be there uh, training for training with him uh, for the most most part throughout the majority of his prep going into next year. Um, and I just said, look, train the unit as much as you want. I will, um, I will change my split uh, and just do what you're doing to, to push you through. Because next year's a big year for us. That'll be our fourth season together, and um, our, you know I think we've done eleven shows now, uh, ten shows, sorry. Um, so it'll be a big, big year, and it's, it's some big goals. I always say, you know, tell the world what you're going to do, but first show them. And the thing being is, he spoke very, very much out loud about wanting to to win an overall, wanting to win his class, and I firmly believe he'll do it. Absolutely no doubts that he'll do it, and can't wait to see him do it. So anyway, I'm going a little bit, just a little bit off tangent, like I always do. So that was a uh, me giving you an example of bigger bodybuilder really strong haven't been pulled down days for the most part that they are really strong and need to you might be someone that wants to pull down days just because you want more time with the family that's exactly what i've done or you might just have sort of achieved everything you want to in bodybuilding and you just want to maintain so you maybe pull down to three four days and that gives you more time at the same time when you're doing that just be strategic with your programming as well um if you know you're going to be totally fucked the day after training posterior or, or legs or whatever it is you could probably schedule in a day off around that, whether it be before or after, based on what your splits like, what you need to bring up. Um, but I guess let's look at another example of just being smart with uh, your recovery, with programming, again across the week. Um, let's say you're a bikini girl who you've competed and you've kind of learnt from competing. You've been told that, look, muscularly up top, you don't need to get any bigger, you're fine. Um, but lower body, you've got to have more glutes and hamstrings. Um, and I've got one athlete who, uh, and adductors, I've got one athlete who, that's pretty much what we've kind of, we haven't been told that, but it's what we've seen on stage, um, particularly in the IFBB ranks. The girls that are winning, that are then going on to do well, they're not big, big girls. They have muscle, don't get me wrong, they have muscle. But I feel sometimes there's, in the industry, there's like, oh, bikini girls need to be absolutely fucking jacked. Well, they don't in the IFBB. If you look at the, the girls that are winning the pro shows, they have muscle, they've got good development everywhere, um, they train hard, but they're not absolutely stacked. And there's a, there's a couple of couple of girls that are particularly going in for pro qualities and whatnot that have loads of muscle mass. I'm, I'm kind of going, you'd be suited into more wellness, um, but they're staying in bikini. Um, but it is what it is, you know, I'm, I'm not their coach, but it's very evident kind of going to these shows what they want now. So anyway, got an athlete, that's an example, she's currently training five days and I've already said once the season's finished, we are going to have to pull down to four and we're going to need to, to look at her training and make some changes. And that'll be, she's got pretty, pretty big delts and they probably don't need to be any bigger. So we're going to need to pull that volume right down and she's currently doing two upper body days now when you look at 
IFBB, the bikini class, the uh, the back is usually covered with their hair. The thing that's on show in their back is the rear delts, so you kind of keep that volume in. But then you don't necessarily need to have loads of back volume in if that's your chosen class. If you're trying to fit that, I'm not saying that if you're listening, listening to this that you need to go and try and fit a category, but in this example, this, this female is trying to fit a category and is wanting to stick with IFBB. So we then have to make her train really specific for that. So then I kind of go, right, I know it needs to be good hamstrings that are brought up. So I'm going to prioritize for the most most of that across the the week in our programming. She's then, she's going to have a day off before our first leg day. Then after that, she maybe have an upper upper day, which is a combination of maybe back and delts. Then maybe have a day off. Why? Because then the day after, boom, hit lower body again. Maybe it's more of a quad focus one, but again, mostly glute and hamstring dominant. After that, day off. So she's having a day off before and after legs. Why? Because the next day after that is lower body three, maybe tagging on delts as well, and then having a day off. So actually in that scenario, there's two leg days that have a, a, a rest day beforehand and a rest day after, um, and one leg day where there's a, an upper body day the day after. So you can only imagine the progress that you would see on that if the, the, the idea was to just bring up the rear shot, because all your main focus is hit the legs hard, rest, recover the next day, the day after that rest and recovery day, boom, straight back in, going at it. Um, of course, you might be a bikini girl that thinks, hey, Vaughn, um, I'm actually doing PCA, um, I'm doing FitX, I'm doing UQP, UQP, my back's on show. Of course, you're going to need more volume on your back if your back's got a weakness and it needs to be brought up. Um that was a specific example from a female that wants to do the bikini class in IFPB, which is very particular. And I'm sure you already know about uh, having listened to, to the past sort of few episodes where I've discussed the bikini class in IFPB in the UK, the bikini class internationally, what they both want, what they're both looking for. And uh, it's a very marked difference. I've talked about class criteria from federation to federation as well, which again is huge. I've seen many examples of that, but I think if we're again coming back to the the podcast topic, um, not only you know you should you look at your um, uh, your program across the week. I think that if you're someone that has a a nine to five job or whatever it is, look at your work schedule. You know, do you have to get up? earlier on specific days um, you work in earlier on a specific day that means that you don't get as much sleep or maybe you can sleep a bit later in at the weekend so it might be smarter if, if you're sleeping more at the weekend let's say you sleep quite you sleep quite a lot on a Friday and a Saturday night to put your more taxing sessions or to put a taxing session the day after you've had more sleep opposed to like we say all oh, right Thursday you know Friday mornings I gotta go into work earlier so I'm up two hours before I usually am um, to try and get to the gym and get a session done it's probably not wise to then go and try and do your hardest session on that day is it you know you, you just gotta be smart about it um, but I also think that 
you should potentially be taking advantage of some of the the like easier recovery methods to or su- support your recovery. Sorry, and by that I mean like Epsom salt baths, foam rolling, sports massage, heck, even an ice bath if you can manage it. These things really, really help, right? And they, they, they may be only going to give you a few more percent recovery, but in the game of bodybuilding, it's all about percentages. And it's all about, okay, can I, if I can get an extra few percent, few like a little bit more muscle, I'm going to take that than not, aren't we? Um, but it's also just your ability to feel recovered and refreshed and recharged going into your next session. And if, you, if you find that actually, okay, the night after I train legs, or the, the day I train legs, if I have an Epsom salt bath at night, it helps my recovery and I feel better going into legs in a few days' time. Why wouldn't you do that? Opposed to, oh, actually, if I don't have the bath, um, I don't recover quite as well and I'm not quite not feeling quite as fresh in the legs going into that next session. It takes me a little bit, a couple of sets to get into it. Well, it would make sense to use the salts, wouldn't it? Um, I think... When you are making program changes um, based upon your recovery, if you are or not, uh, you know, not recovering well enough, just make changes like one to two sets at a time if you're not dropping a full day completely. Pull out a couple of sets here, pull out a set there, and, and then note the response. I'll give you an example. Um, it could be that you have... Two, uh, two sets of pulls from the floor and that someone is just not progressing their lifts after it and then you say to them like pull one set just one set you know one all at a set on a, a stiff leg and they go all oh, right i was i was efficient i was effective i progressed the lifts thereafter and you say right cool well that means you're only doing one set now versus two but i think we can all be hesitant at times to pull away because as human beings we naturally fear change we don't like change do we so what I would say is if you're making any changes or you know, you're, you're hesitant to pull down from five days to four, just trial it. What's the worst that can happen, right? You're not going to lose loads of muscle mass overnight or, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a month. Um, it's actually really hard to lose muscle mass when you still train and you eat protein as much as we do. So trial it and you'll probably find after trialing it, uh, you'll you'll never go back or you'll it'll open your eyes to what can be done. Just... Approach, approach everything with an open mind and um, I guarantee you'll get better results. So that is it for me, guys. Um, I hope that this podcast has helped with your own programming, especially going into uh, a lot of a lot of you are going to be going into an off-season now. Um, if, if you're not competing um, anytime soon, you maybe are in an off-season and you're thinking about ideas, you're struggling, you're stagnating. Remember, the DMs are always open on Instagram for anyone do struggling. Uh, as a reminder, I do specialise in athletes in their first to third season, um, and I would love the opportunity for you to come on board and join myself and uh, some of the amazing athletes we have on the team and the incredible uh, incredible work they've been doing all year um, for this year, next year, and, and the years thereafter. So I'll leave it there, guys. Remember, that wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.